Hey coach, Xenia Wood here, owner and founder of Swift Coaches and Swift Movement Academy. Our vision is to live in a world where health business owners turn their passions into profits and create financial freedom guilt-free. And for all of those exercise and rehab professionals to finally feel confident as fuck in their technical skills, and we never again see another coach leave the industry because of it. What you're about to hear is a bite-sized jam-packed version of one of our episodes. So if you're looking to learn swiftly, this mini episode is for you. Let's dive straight in. Five critical questions. Um, Do you want to just go through them again really quickly for people? Write it down if you guys aren't driving or walking. So pain out of 10, uh, are they experiencing neural symptoms? Are they experiencing any joints locking or giving way? Uh, Do they have pain on coughing or sneezing? And do they have some sort of of a regular ongoing night pain beautiful awesome so we've gone through our critical questions we've talked about them being our red flag questions if we're getting positive answers on any of those um we've talked about you know you can assess um joint by joint approach you can assess specific movements and ranges of motion um why don't we talk about what do we do with these results Yeah. So we compile these results and you effectively use them as your guidance to where you're going to start with your programming. Um, So couple that with their goals, what they want to achieve. um, And then you can start to map out, okay, where do they want to finish? What is the end goal? Is it a marathon? Do they want to squat a hundred kilos? Do they want to be able to just, you know, go for a 5k run whenever they feel like it and feel fine or whatever it may be. Uh, And then, you know, where they start, you know, where you have to start with, okay, uh, are we working on movement patterns first? Um, Is is the reason we're working on movement patterns because they might have restriction in certain areas or is it just because their movement is off? Um, And you only know that is if you, you know, zoom in a little further and see, okay, you know, your, your hip range of motions off or your left side significantly less than your right side. That's a big one that we haven't touched on as well is that left to right, right to left, you know, opposite sides of the body. Ideally, they should be somewhat similar. If there is, you know, a couple of degrees off fair, if there's, you know, a, a fair way off, like visibly to the eye, then you know that that's something that's definitely worth working on. Um, And then again, just to add on top of that, obviously prior history of injury and stuff like that can come into play, um, but that's all things that you'd probably have gone through with your client prior to maybe doing a movement screening. Um, If not, that's where you can ask those questions. Um, But yeah, essentially it gives you that that starting point as to where you you take your exercise prescription. Mm, Absolutely. And I think, you know, the thing that we're really big on too at Swift is that if someone's mobility is restricted, you can only strengthen them realistically within the range limitations that they already have. And so generally our first point of call is to make sure that we're using mobility to increase their range of motion if anything is restricted. Because if you imagine someone has, you know, let's say 50% of their um, you know, their shoulder external rotation range versus what they should have. And then you go and do, I don't know, like an Arnold press or something that uh, like requires them to get into full external rotation. It's like, you're not going to be able to get there. And so you can't strengthen in the range where then they lack mobility. And the fact that if you are forcing them there or, or, you know, you're 
are requesting that they go there without having that pre-required range of motion, then you're exposing them to significantly greater injury risk. And it's really important that we just know where they're at so that we can grade the exposure so that we can get them there, but so that we're not limited by their mobility. And so the mobility would be the key thing. I kind of think of it as if, you know, if you do have 50% of your mobility of your mobility, then you can only get strong in that 50% of that range of motion. Whereas if we open up and we give you 80, 90% of your mobility back, now you've got an extra 30, 40% of strength to play with in new ranges. And so we can start to strengthen through there too, as opposed to if you're working on that, you know, that threshold, that red line of the 50% of the mobility you have and you're trying to strengthen there, it's really playing such a risky game of strengthening at the end range of motion where you're most susceptible to injury, especially if you're restricted and your, you know, joints and or muscular structure doesn't want you to go there. Um, There's generally a reason for that. So um, I think, you know, start with mobility. um, Then what's next? After mobility, then we want to have a look at stability. Um, That's a big one as well. So like we said before, looking at how stable they are. So we like to go towards, you know, the the football flamingo that we talked about in last last episode of the podcast, seeing how they are on on one leg and their hip stability. Um, Sometimes a single leg balance can just be enough, even maybe eyes closed to see how, you know, is their ankle have a lot of movement? Um, do they have a lack of proprioception there? Uh, you can go to, you know, more of an upper body one where this is a little bit more of a, uh, a little bit more of a health professional one, but the closed kinetic chain upper extremity stability test, which is a mouthful. Um, but essentially, <laughs> essentially, I'm impressed that you, that you actually got that right. I usually I, fuck it up. <laughs> I probably, I probably fucked one of the words up, but it, it sounded good. Um, but yeah, that, that's a good one as well. And that's a simple one. You just have your hands 91 centimeters apart. And in 15 seconds, you have to tap at the opposite hand. Um, and that's a good measure of it as well. And a nice one that you can easily do within two minutes with a client, especially if they're an upper limb athlete or something like that. Um, and you, you, so easy to compare data from like, you know, testing six weeks ago to today. It's like, okay, you got 12 taps last week. Um, we worked on your shoulder stability and now you've got 18 taps. Like that's a significant difference, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I think that's with what that, we'd look that at. test too, right. And 91 centimeters is actually a lot. Like it's a pretty long yeah. distance. You're going to get some short people who you're going to need to adjust and create their own exactly. metric for because they actually can't like physically yeah. hold their body up at yeah. 91 centimeters of, of width um, with their hands out. But you will know almost immediately with people who have shoulder niggles or injuries, they can't even support their weight to let go of one hand to shift to one side. So um, it's a really great one for people who are starting back. They're really just getting into it. They're nervous about previous shoulder injuries and things like that. Um, And then the faster they go, the, the, you know, the more that they build confidence in that um, you really see quite dramatic improvements. So, so that's really cool. And then with that as well, I'd also just like to add, not always do we um, mobility, then stability, then, you know, your strength program or your conditioning or whatever you're doing. Um, It can, as we've said before, be integrated as well, right? Like we're not just going, you know, everything is isolated and all the mobility first, then all the stability second. Um, But I think that mobility in the very first instance with new clients, especially when range of motion is restricted, should come before our our 
key bulk of our training or our strength stuff um, and can be integrated in, you know, supersets, working sets, rest breaks um, as with our stability, right? Like it's not going to dramatically impact your, I don't know, your squat 10 rep set that you have to do a flamingo in between them. And I think some people sometimes take it a little too far and a little too literally and they go, oh, well, it has to be a two minute solid rest break. And I'm like, yeah, if you're a power lifter, but if you're anybody else on the planet, like you can do a flamingo. And to be honest, if you don't have great hip stability and you're a power lifter, you've probably got bigger problems than what's your like 3RM or 1RM or whatever. Yeah. So, um, you know, figuring out what are the key things that are actually the lowest hanging fruit that we can start to program from our movement screening, from our assessment data um, to get better results with clients. Did you find something valuable in this episode? If so, I'd like to ask a tiny favor. If you have 30 seconds now, I'd love you to follow or share the podcast. That way we can continue to bring you more real, raw, and uncensored stories from industry leaders. We also love hearing from you and what you loved about every episode. The best way to reach out is to DM me personally on Instagram at Swift Coaches Academy. Until next time, and in whatever you do, move swiftly.